Welcome to the Startup Fashion Week Front Row Podcast, where we give listeners exclusive content inside the crazy world of fashion. My name is Jody Goodfellow, founder and executive producer of Startup Fashion Week, and today we're going to chat all about public relations during and, of course, planning ahead for after the COVID-19 pandemic. I have an exciting guest and dear friend, Nikki, here with us today, who is a PR guru and founder of her own agency, Nikki Inc., Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so great to reconnect. Yes, it's always great to have conversations with you. Yeah. Have you been doing a lot of um, Zoom calls and things like that? Have you changed like how you're connecting with your clients and with your community? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's nonstop Zoom calls. And we joke now that we all have virtual backgrounds and I'm on a beach and the beach seems to really elevate my mood. I'm not sure if it helps everyone else because sometimes I disappear into the waves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I exactly. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about um, how we met because I think it was very unique and I think our listeners would appreciate knowing because, um, you know, I, I, love, I love when world, two worlds collide and that's kind of what happened with us, I think. So yes. do you remember how we met? Yes. Um, I attended a Startup Fashion Week fashion show in Toronto. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Oh, my God. Because um, <laughs> I found that you had exceeded all of my expectations in the level of professionalism with your event. I, it was just so well done. And I had a background in marketing. So I was like, wow, I just I want to hug these people. I want to help them. And at the time, <laughs> I was too busy to help you. But then... A couple of years after, um, I reached out to you. I said, let's have coffee because I should be able to help you now. I have some more time. Yeah. I remember I was like pregnant and you were like, Nikki, you can only help for six more months. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then we ended up working together for Startup Fashion Week in Toronto. Um, I offered some help to kind of get more involved and help kind of tell the media about what you were doing. And I saw firsthand how much work you do. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so you managed the PR for Startup Fashion Week that year. And um, in fact, I think we had a record-breaking number of media attending and sitting front row at that show. And that was all because of your strategies and your help and everything. Um, so it was, it was a lot of work. <laughs> oh, I you do know, know what? That. Uh, it, it shocked me also to see how many people tried to sneak in as media. Oh yeah. Yeah. That happens every year, every year. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I love working with um, women led companies. And so I'm curious, was it always your plan to start your own PR agency or how did that exactly pan out? You know, it's, it's a great question. So my background is working, um, was working as a marketer and often in male led organizations. And I remember when I, when I took a a step away from my career and thought, what would I like to do? I thought, number one, I'd have to start supporting women and helping women just because I feel that I've almost like not tipped a scale properly in my life. It's hard to explain, but like I've helped the guys. Now I need to help the girls. So I'm the girl that goes to help the girls. And that became like a very personal thing. So I met a superstar named Josie Ho, who was filming her movie in Toronto Uh, with Roger Avery and she was here on the set with all her bodyguards and fellow castmates and I said to her you know this is really exciting but I think Canadian media would really like to interview you and she said you think so mama I said yes 
she said, okay, we'll talk. Amazing. And, and so from there, she's become one of your most loyal clients, right? Yes. Yes. She's my biggest client and she's definitely somebody I think the world should know. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And um, so I'm curious, like what kind of services do you provide? Because, you know, your, your, your agency has grown since I've, you know, known you and um, your client list has also grown, of course. So what kind of services do you typically offer? So we offer a press kit production for lots of brands who may have gotten a lot of publicity, but don't know how to translate that into something professional. Um, I offer a publicist for a day. I okay. do project publicity and I'm a long-term publicist on retainer for most of my acting clients. And uh, my clients range from actresses, entrepreneurs, authors, and I have a naturopath. Oh, wow. So it really does range in terms of who you're working with. Um, so that's pretty interesting because you kind of have to get to know their businesses individually, right? So you kind of have to put yourself in their shoes and really understand um, what it is they're doing, what their goals are, and, you know, how to help them move forward. So that must be, that must be a lot in terms of how to strategize, right? And be creative with that. Yeah, you know, it's important that I treat everyone like the individual they are. And I don't use any cookie cutter recipes with these people. It's just a matter of getting to know what their sparkle is, what makes them come alive, because those will be the best interviews they do. So um, a lot of what I do is I break bread with my clients and I just listen to them. Yeah, listening is really important for sure. And understandably right now, every business is facing unique challenges during the pandemic. So how has the pandemic affected some of your clients and how are you helping them navigate through these unusual circumstances? Well, you know, Josie Ho, my client, is somebody I can speak to because she owns a production company for film. Okay. And you can imagine when you're in a post-production phase and you're editing films and suddenly nobody can work. Yeah. Another client of mine, Celestine Caravaggio, uh, she is an actress I worked with who I, I'm not working with during the pandemic because all of her projects were cut. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's actually happened to a few actresses that I work with. So, I mean, my heart goes out to these people because it's a little disconcerting to think like, I won't be working for six months. Right. Yeah, that is definitely. So have you provided any kind of out of the box ideas in terms of what they could be doing in the meantime? Yes. Um, so something I said to Josie was, you know, show people how funny you are on Instagram. I think you're hilarious. You make me laugh really hard. She goes, okay, I'm going to do TikTok. So she went on TikTok and started practicing dances because she's also in isolation. And she started sending that out to her publicist and I had a good laugh, but I'm asking my clients just to show their human side, to show their hobbies and to make it humorous because if we could all just share a little bit more joy. Yeah, absolutely. Where the joy is, right? Like we're just getting a lot of negative messages all around us and part of it's just based on what's happening, but I'm just telling my clients to be the most human right now. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes we lose that, you know, in the hustle of real life, right? So yeah. we don't often give our community the chance to actually get to know who we are underneath the surface of, of business, right? So yeah. I think that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so would you say that, you know, humor is a great idea, but how far do you go with that? So I think humor is important, but I, I say you, you never hurt anybody when you're being funny. It's okay. never okay to hurt anybody. So when I say humor, I mean something I posted on my Instagram account and 
it was just a real life moment was my daughter Sophia who dunked her head in her toy bin and her feet were in the air and I shared that image because that was a real life moment and I couldn't have planned that better <laughs> yeah and, yeah and um she was okay and thank goodness she she got her unicorn and she was happy after that but what I'm trying to show people is just if it made me chuckle it might make you chuckle and right now if we could think of everything on the the premise of just to shed a little light no matter who you are yeah and social media is a great um way to do that right so using platforms like instagram and TikTok for sure um are really wonderful ways to kind of create those messages right and get our community on board with um light humor getting to know us a little better yeah being more personal yeah for sure um so there's been a lot of businesses that have stepped up in terms of pivoting the focus of their business in some way to either change their approach or or maybe even to offer some sort of help so how would a business in this case know if they have decided to pivot um you know for example there's a lot of fashion designers out there across canada across the world that have kind of pivoted the focus and they're now working on you know designing masks or making garments for people in hospitals or in senior homes and things like that. Um, so at what point does a business know when something like this is newsworthy to the media versus newsworthy to just their audience? So that's a great question. Um, if, it's, if it's newsworthy to the media, it's a substantial enough give. It's not like I'm donating 20 masks. It's I'm a small business and I'm donating 500 masks. Okay. Um, and you'll notice that journalists right now are very open to whatever you're doing for COVID. So we heard a lot about Haley Wickenheiser, the Hockey Hall of Fame inductee who started collecting personal protective gear and then Ryan Reynolds jumped on board to help her. Right. But that almost showed everybody that the media wants to talk about this. So for example, if you're a fashion designer and you're making masks, if you could partner with four fashion designers and do this together, but come up with a thousand masks, that's media worthy. Okay. So being more, yeah, having something more um, substantial um, within the story is what they're really looking for. Yeah. And, and the whole idea of camaraderie. So if you're connecting with other business owners, you all happen to be Canadian owned, you're all doing this, but maybe you're doing a spin on really unique masks, but then yeah. you have volume. It's, it's a good story. That's true, actually. Um, so working together, which is unusual because that's not really an angle that journalists are typically looking for when it comes to business. Um, because quite honestly, it, it doesn't really happen very often. This is kind of uh, pushing us to, to, to move in that direction, which I think is actually really great. And it's good to see that media right now is actually looking for good news stories, right? Because yeah. we don't see that often enough, I think, in, in, yeah. in any time. So. Um, so I think that's a really good point for sure. Um, now, when the pandemic started um, here, at least in Toronto, um, I know myself, I was getting overwhelmed with all of the emails that were flooding my inbox from businesses saying, this is canceled, this is canceled, here's how we're handling you know, COVID-19. Um, during the reopening phase, should we expect that same sort of um, overwhelming um, flood of messages and you know is it important for every bit does every business need to have a message in terms of how they're handling this or should it only be specific businesses that are 
sending out a message? You know, that's a great question. So I think that every business should have a message, whether it's posted on their website or shared through their email club, just to let people know exactly what the position is with regards to COVID-19. And, you know, it's, it's something that is very clear about who, what, when, where, and why. Mm -hmm. And I think links are important, links that relate to what you're talking about. And I think that the same way businesses communicated a closure, they could communicate steps in reopening. Right. You know, Loblaws is doing a great job at that. Um, they send an email every day, which might be a little bit too much for the average entrepreneur, but I think they're a good model organization. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a really great suggestion for sure. Um, and I'm curious because we do have listeners who are creatives and they are freelance, right? So they rely on opportunities on a case-by-case basis. Um, so for example, our photographers, our models, our makeup artists, those types of creatives. Um, any suggestions for how they might be able to change the narrative for them in terms of how to potentially put themselves out there for current opportunities or future opportunities? Um, I know, for example, I was talking to one of our photographers the other day and he decided that he was going to start pitching some of the food apps because a lot of businesses have had to pivot to doing delivery for food. And even some bars have had to do that, but they're not prepared. They don't have pictures of the food they're offering. So he decided to change his angle. So do you have any like creative suggestions for how other freelance creatives could maybe change the narrative for them? Absolutely. So I, I could think of an example of a photographer that was featured on Global News and she decided to go from doing photography sessions in studio to showing up and photographing people on their porches. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the news, actually. And I thought that was such a great idea. And she tied in, you know, local businesses. So show me you've purchased something from a local business and I'll show up and I'll take your picture. Um, I think uh, I saw an artist do something recently and I, I really appreciated it. She gave online art classes. Oh, neat. Okay. And then to everybody who participated, she gave a promo code for Mother's Day cards. that she. Had oh, handed. cute. I love it. Such a good idea, right? Yeah. So what people can do right now, especially creatives. Um, so for example, if somebody is an artist and they think people might want to remember this time, but with a humor a humor associated with it. So can you think of an image that would make people remember this and the resilience associated with it and maybe the funny parts? Um, mask makers could think of making masks for newborn babies that are in the neonatal units that are coming out, but they're tiny. They're yeah, tiny absolutely. People. Yeah. And that's the thing is there's so many different categories where, you know, we all just think of the obvious, but it's hard to think out of the box, right? In totally. terms of how to find solutions for some of those out of the box, um, you know, categories. I think that's a great idea. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, this pandemic might shift the focus in terms of how business is being done? Like, do you think it's going to encourage more online shopping, more online consumerism? Absolutely. I think that, well, you know, no, let's, let's put a kind of give perspective here. So I think that the trajectory of people shopping online has grown to the biggest heights we've ever seen, but now people are also concerned with having to Lysol boxes. Yeah. Okay. And all that they're getting stuck with. So when you see stores close for a day, I always joke that the next day the rolls are packed, you know, like boxing yeah. day, the day after. But 
I think time will tell. I, people have been online shopping more than ever, but will people start to crave the experience of being in a store again? We can only hope. And will business permanently change to be a little bit more empathetic? You know, because I saw a commercial that said, lease a new car if yours breaks down and you'll be forgiven for four months of car payments. Oh, I interesting. Was that was beautiful. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that might be another shift that we might see from even bigger businesses, right? And, and that's not something we've ever really seen before. So that's a good point. That's a great point. And the hand sanitizers, um, I saw a lot of alcohol um, manufacturers turn and become hand sanitizer manufacturers. And I thought like, yeah. beautiful. This is yeah. actually big corporations pivoting to do what's needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's actually a, a good point. I do remember seeing that. And I thought that was such an interesting strategy for them. And I know some some of the brands, um, they're doing delivery, right? So um, like, for example, I know Storyteller, they are delivering beer and, um, and they give like a free bottle of hand sanitizer with every purchase. And I think that's great. I think it's wonderful. That's yeah. Wonderful. I yeah. love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about influencers? Um, how do you think this is kind of affecting that whole category of people with regards to influencers? Um, are they working right now? Are they working more? Are they working less? Do you think businesses will turn away from working with influencers for a while? How do you think it might affect them? Well, I think this is impacting influencers because influencers rely on the photographs they can upload. Right. And being in the same space for three months, oh, that requires a lot of creativity with regards to the type of photos you're going to take. But I did see an influencer. She's a breakfast television correspondent, Nicole Servinis, and she was doing something really smart, actually. So on Instagram, she started streaming her exercise and her workouts and just doing an Instagram live and saying to everybody, okay, I can't show you any live eyes, but I can show you every day what I do. Right. Okay. And I thought that was pretty smart because if you live in a one bedroom apartment um, and that's just, it's going to kind of have its limitations with regards to the photos you take. But do I think companies will stop working with influencers? I think smart influencers who know how to monetize and speak to impressions will always have companies approaching them. But influencers who just don't know how to monetize this and just focus on followers, but not results, process, and what a corporation would want will struggle. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, just speaking of influencers, um, I had a designer reach out to me probably about a week ago in a panic, in a state of panic, because for the first time ever, she was working with an influencer and the influencer actually didn't post what was agreed. Um, and there was absolutely no traction from the post at all. And um, she had given her, you know, uh, some garments that were actually very costly. So what advice do you have for really small businesses that are trying to tap into the idea of using influencers for marketing? How do they need to sort of approach that? What, what is the best way to approach it so that they're not left disappointed? So I think that's a really good question. And I answer that question a lot. Um, so for small businesses, what I would say is, you need to make sure you take the pictures, you write the copy, you include the hashtags, you include the date, you ask your, your, partners, your partner brand who's about to do a post for you if they're going to put a money spend behind it, and then you get both people to sign that piece of paper. So contract is always essential. Yep, and even it's as simple as expectation, 
duration, everybody signs it. And then the day before this is supposed to happen, you have communication with each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's more or less what I told her. I said, always have um, something in writing, you know, in terms of expectations and results and, um, you know, uh, that way you're not left disappointed. And I think contracts are always important no matter what you're doing. Um, so I'm glad that you... Um, what I tell a lot of people is you always want to have three versions of something. So if you post something and it has zero traction, be prepared to take it down 24 hours later and try a second and a third version. And sometimes there's, there's a difference in just the quality of a picture and the way it's laid out. Oh yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's a really great tip actually. Um, and I'm curious, like in terms of your agency, um, how have, how has the pandemic changed business for you and your agency? All right. Cause you're working from home and I know yeah. that you had an office, you were working with other people. So how has this changed everything for you? Uh, you know, I joke that it's like Groundhog Day, except that it isn't because I'm working at home with my husband and two babies under three. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's a little bit surreal at times, but to, it helps that I'm in all these Zoom calls, but then I stop and I step in the garden and I take a breath of fresh air, which is nice. It's uh, totally flipped the game on its head right now, uh, how I'm doing business, but I'm not going to lie. I'm okay with it. And I just, yeah. It's like, yeah. it is what it is. So I've accepted it. Yeah. I miss people. Yeah. Hugging people like that. Yeah. And do, would you say that you're more busy, less busy, or just a different kind of busy? It's a different kind of busy now because now um, I did have a few brands approach me who are doing something to help frontline workers during COVID. And when these people approach me, they, they've gone viral almost. You know, an example I can wow. give you is um, Chef Jason Russell with Free Meal Help. He sent me the glitch of what he was doing. And I said, wow, you're giving like 4,000 meals away. And now he's at 6,000 meals. To me, this is newsworthy. So we started talking and he ended up being interviewed on Global News, um, Global Morning, CTV and CP24 and amazing. on this one story. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So it, it kept me busy. Yeah. <laughs> <But> it's <laughs> what I can tell listeners. Um, if you're about to do something to help frontline workers, make sure you have really high quality photos that you can take with an iPhone of what you're doing and yourself. Because with all of these Zoom chats, media is asking for high resolution photos and a lot of the brands I'm working with don't have full screen high res shots. Interesting. Okay, that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. And what are you looking forward to most once the pandemic is calmed down and we're in the reopening phase? What are you looking forward to most? Oh, wow. What am I looking forward to the most? You know what? Having a barbecue with family and not being afraid to have everybody there. Yeah, exactly. So spending time with people you care about and not having to have a limit on numbers. <laughs> and, and you know, I miss driving my car. I'm, I'm, I'm here know. that cars will break down if we don't drive them. Yeah, I know. I feel you. I just bought a new car literally a month before this. <laughs> and I was so excited to drive it everywhere. And it's, I've been looking at it in the driveway the whole time. <laughs> And my, my, uh, my advice that advice that was given to me is we have to take it around the block once a day. Yeah. We don't have any engine failures. Right. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any last suggestions or tips or any news that you want to share with our listeners? 
Oh, you know what? I have a project that I'm excited about, but I feel like I've been going so fast. I, I forgot to mention, you know, what I'm doing, but I'm part of a contributing author group with this new book, Growth Hacks Number Two. Oh, and cool. it's going to be coming out in a few months and it's a book for entrepreneurs and it's a little bit like a crash test business course. So it's okay. like everything you need to know about business that you may not have learned if you're a creative person. So, oh, wow. That'll definitely appeal to a lot of people in our audience, I'm sure, because it's all creatives that are listening. I'm, I'm certain of that. <laughs> yes, and that's why I did it. I'm excited to just try and help people. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so before we go, I'm going to ask you five questions. They're fill-in-the-blank questions. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you five questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um, so first question is, if you could do PR or publicity for anyone, any brand or any person, who would it be? Oh, DeMar DeRozan. Oh, okay. That's, that's interesting. Really interesting response. Um, your favorite media outlet to work with is? CTV. CTV. Okay. Um, one word to describe Canadian entrepreneurs is? Resilient. Oh, I like that. That's a great word. Something that might surprise our listeners about you is? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I have a vegetable garden. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Interesting. What are you growing? Tomatoes, cucumbers, arugula, celery, romaine lettuce. Amazing. That sounds fantastic. And the last question is, the last time that you supported another creative in this industry was? Six months ago. Okay, cool. What did you do? She's an artist and she is somebody you should follow. Her name is Art of Marina. Um, and she paints cards and she makes silk kimonos and she is an artist through and through. Yeah, she was one of the designers at Startup Fashion Week. Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. absolutely. That's awesome. Um, well, that's amazing. Thank you for talking to us. And I'm pretty sure that um, our listeners probably learned a lot um, just listening to our conversation, listening about your suggestions, your tips, and what you've been going through and how you've been helping your clients through all of this. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I think you're a rock star. And I know that we are all stronger together. So this too shall pass. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find um, more information about you? How can they get in touch with you? And you also have a podcast too. So let's do a little plug for that. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so season three of Superstar PR, it's, we're recording sessions right now and you will hear those on Spotify in about one month. So I'm excited. Like I'm, I'm, my first guest is Marcy from The Social. Amazing. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Good for Thanks. you. She's a class act. And yeah. you can find me at www.nikki.ca and on Instagram uh, at N-I-K-I-I-N-C-T-O. So Nikki Inc. T-O. And I answer, do my best. I'm there. That's amazing. Okay. Thanks, Nikki, so much for chatting with me today. And thank you all for listening. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And you know what, Jody? You're wicked, and we'll talk again. Absolutely.